What's up, everybody, and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, my name is Tim Kroll, and I'm the co-host focused on the topic of leadership here on the B2B Made Simple podcast. We have an exciting conversation coming, so let's not waste any time and jump right in. Leadership flywheel. The leadership flywheel is something that I've created, and I wanted to make sure that this was an early session inside of our podcasting for uh, B2B Made Simple with the leadership series, because this truly is at the core of our development. It's the core of how we become a leader. And there's certain foundational components that have to be in place in our leadership and in our growth. One of those is the fact that as a leader, we're called to meet the needs of others. And this is the core of servant leadership. And so as we kind of go through this, and I'm going to paint the picture of this leadership flywheel, but there is, again, that foundation of knowing that as a leader, you're called to be able to meet the needs of others. Now, don't get mistaken between the fact of meeting needs and meeting wants. There's a great book called The Servant. It was written and it really goes into a lot of detail. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into that, but I would really highly recommend taking a look at or even just going through the study of The Servant. Uh, because it takes a different look on the perspective of leadership and how that is to be put in place. And there's a lot of shift in mindset, a lot of shift and transition going on in our society. Still a lot of the old school thinking that leadership is there for consumption, leadership is there to be authoritarian, but in reality, that leadership is there to be of service for others. So let me use it and define it in a little bit different way. True leadership, dare I say, great leaders use power they use influence, and they use their money for the benefit of others. They use what they have in order to create a benefit for others. In other words, they are givers, not consumers. So when it comes to this leadership flywheel, that being the base upon which we build, there are five phases that I look at, and each of these continue to build on the other. Now, the interesting thing is, and I want you to picture in your mind, just go ahead and draw a circle. And then we're going to cut it down into a pie with five different components. So there's five pieces of that pie. And each one that we start, and let's go clockwise. So at the top, we have the self, leading yourself. Next, we have managing things. Next is leading followers. Next is then leading leaders. And then the last one is mentoring coaches. And there's a lot of detail that we could dive into each one of these, but I want to try to just give an overview, let's say a 10,000 foot view, because frankly, as we dig into each one of these, it could be its entire podcast just on its own. You could talk about leading yourself, self-development, self-awareness just in one podcast, because that is really, truly how deep this goes. But when we look at the foundation and we look at how much all of these things are able to tie in and work together, and I'll give you a few examples of things that are going on. Some of those that I've coached, some of the people that I've worked with. And when I present this idea, it seems to make sense. So again, it's a circle. 
with five pieces cut into it, five portions of the pie that work in a clockwise foundational type segment. And as you go around, you'll see, even as you get to the mentor part of being a leader, that there's a lot more self-awareness, which starts you right back into this flywheel of developing yourself and leading yourself on a higher lane, higher level. So let's start with the first one, leading self. See, when you lead yourself, it's all about personal development. And there's many different ways that we could look at this. Uh, Indeed.com came out with a list of how to create a better self. Uh, I have a great friend, Tony Grubmeyer, talks about the self-development and destroying excuses. On and on and on and on, we can go about creating a better individual by working on your own personal development. So number one is you have to be able to learn how to lead yourself. And a couple of things that go into this is some, it's, sometimes it's about your leadership style. Sometimes we can dig in and we can talk about personalities, your disc assessment or Myers-Briggs or any of the other different ways to be able to learn a little bit more about who you are as an individual. And that's definitely part of this. But a deeper part is about your self-awareness. Learning about the beliefs that you have in your head the way that you proceed through life, those beliefs establish your actions. They establish the way that you're going to talk and communicate. It's all preconceived because of the way that you have approached your life. So there's a certain self-awareness that has to come in and way and why you do things. It's important to take time to reflect. Where are you drawing your motivation from? Another great point when it comes to leading yourself. An internal motivation has to be there for a great leader because there's oftentimes we run into situations where we feel or in fact, maybe the world is all against us. But having that internal drive and that internal motivation gives us the fortitude to be able to push through even when the times are tough, even when that storm is tough. Another point is decision making habits. How are you making decision? Again, some of this comes back to your belief system. Some of it comes back to how you were raised. Dedication, commitment. Are you fulfilling what you said? Are you good to your word? There's so many different pieces on this self-development that, again, we could dedicate an entire podcast just to the different parts of this. And some of this even talks about empathy. We're talking about self-regulation. In other words, are you able to control some of the emotions that are coming up? Are you able to step back and with a cooler head, allow that to prevail against the emotional reaction that we may have, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing? Are you able to choose the right battles within which to fight? Because there's definitely a time to fight, but there's also a time to take a step backwards. All of this personal development comes into play as you step into these other phases. Because without accountability, without some self-regulation, you step into the next phase, which is managing things, and you're unable to discipline yourself well enough to manage your time. And whether you use a time blocking system, whether you use a time planner, whether you're able to set that uh, schedule in place and you use a calendar, that's all part of learning how to be able to manage. But without your personal development, the next phase of managing things is almost a mute point. Because we sit there and we'll try and we'll be successful for a month, a two month, a three months. But because we don't have our personal development happening, we lose out on the ability to control or schedule out our time. So when we're looking at this, make sure number one, you have to have yourself led, you have to learn how to be able to lead yourself. Then you can now step into managing your things. And just a few things that you can look at as far as managing. Number one is your time. Number two is your finances. Then we can even step into some of the things of goal setting. 
How are you putting together your routines, your habits? All of these things that you're managing are part of how you develop yourself. And let me present another underlying theme because this is really, really important, especially as we grow and as we manage. And these two things tie together. Part of this is there are four areas in your life of growth, physical, mental, social, and spiritual. Part of the personal development, part of the personal growth and the self-leadership comes from being able to manage what it is that you're eating. How are you doing with your exercises? That's part of the physical growth. When it comes to the mental, how are you growing? How are you managing what you're listening to? Where's the information coming from? Where's your education coming from? Spiritual, are you taking time to reflect? Are you taking time to look at what is going on internally? And then socially, how are you building out your networks? How are you connecting with other people? And again, these two things, this self-development, along with these management of things, begins to allow you to become the great leader that you desire. It allows you to be able to become the leader that people want to follow. It allows you to become a person of influence. So point one and point two are very critical in your stages because as you develop and manage yourself, you have the ability to influence more. You have the ability to be able to have a greater impact on the world around you. So you've got one, you've got two. Now number three is followers. You need to be able to learn how to lead your followers. Now, before you step up and you say, hey, Tim, this isn't me, I'm going to tell you every individual is a leader. Every individual has people that they're influencing. And I don't care if it's just a stay-at-home mom influencing her kids. If it's a somebody that just goes to work as a janitor and is sweeping the floors somewhere in your life, you have a sphere of influence. That sphere of influence makes you a leader. How you show up will indicate what type of influence you have on that sphere. Are you going to influence it for a positive or are you going to influence it for a negative? Only you can decide. You have the power to go one way or the other. So as you're becoming a leader, some of the tools, some of the things you have to learn how to develop, number one is communication. How are you communicating with those that you come in contact with? Number two is empathy. How are you caring for those that you come in contact with? Are you listening to them or are you trying to tell your story because you're that much better and you have to get your words out before they can talk? What about vision casting? This one's a little bit confusing because we often talk about it in the corporate world. As a CEO or the owner of a company, it's always talked about how you are casting that vision out. But what are you doing to be able to cast the vision out for your family? What are you doing to cast the vision out for your kids? Never for a second underestimate the power that you have to be able to influence that next generation. Don't abandon that. People are watching. Kids are watching. Teenagers, they're watching how you act and how you respond. You have that arena of influence. Some of the other skills that you're looking for or be able to develop, number one is, or I should stop using numbers, but another one is teamwork. How are you allowing people to be able to work together? How often as a mom, and I watch my wife do this with our kids, is she has to teach them how to work together to be able to accomplish a chore. And if they're sharing a bedroom, you got to work together to be able to clean up the bedroom. You're teaching skills that every leader has to be able to learn and teach their followers. What are you doing about culture? 
again, culture is a, it's kind of a key word or a catchphrase inside of the corporate world, but it's also really, really important as we look at your family. How do you operate your family? What kind of a culture are you developing inside of your family? Culture is going to happen whether you pay attention to it or not. It's like a child. It is going to grow whether you decide to train it or not train it. If you neglect it, let it go, it's still going to grow. May not be as well trained, might pee on the floor, but it's going to grow. Your culture is so critical. And again, it doesn't matter if you are in a large corporate office or if you're at home with your family. If you're out to eat with some friends or in a community nonprofit sharing your wisdom, you must develop the culture. All right, so one is learning how to lead yourself. Two is managing your things, learning how to lead through management of things. Three is followers. And then number four, which I really love, and this is where it gets exciting for me, is being able to lead leaders. This is where I classify coaching to come into play. If you look at what a coach really does, a coach walks along with the team through practices, through great, through games, after the game, detailing it out, a coach walks step-by-step step with those that he's working with. And that's really what a leader of leaders does. A leader of leaders walks step-by-step. Step. They go along with the journey. They allow the individuals to make a mistake. They give them the freedom. They delegate. They do not micromanage. And they allow their, I'll call them students or leaders, their leader of leaders. So their leaders, they allow them to fail and fail forward. They give them the grace in the room to be able to learn how to do things, to get the experience necessary to become a great leader. This is truly what it means to be a leader of leaders, is to, to be able to learn how to teach and how to coach on the how-tos of life. So whether it's a technical thing, if it's a, a way to be able to develop and get kids and people or employees to work together as teams, you're teaching them how to be able to communicate better. You're teaching them how to be able to cast a vision, how to care for their employees. Situation that came up recently is I had a coach or an individual that was coaching and he's been developing his team of leaders. They had a discussion about what was going on in their company. They said, this is the way that I need you to communicate to the employees. The leader ended up sending out a mass message that was very cold, wasn't very supportive which resulted in one of the employees starting to look for a job. And the owner of the company was in such distraught. He called the guy up and said, what the heck? Why are you looking for another job? We've always taken care of you. He said, well, I just got this message from this leader, from my supervisor. And it doesn't look like we're going to have any work or it doesn't look like we're going to be able to continue to move forward. So I thought I needed to provide for my family. I need to look for this. He said, no, man, that's not what we were intending. So a single message that went out caused a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion. And rather than going and jumping down the supervisor's throat and coming down as a hammer, it was an opportunity for a learning experience. And that truly, like I said, this is how you become a leader of leaders is to allow them to fail, find out the information, approach them and say, well, what would be a better way, a better choice of words to communicate this so that it doesn't result in mass chaos? And can you see the connection between the text that you sent, the email that you sent, the message, the way that you ran the meeting? Can you see the connection and how you presented this with the result that you were getting, the reaction that you were getting? And then coaching through a better way to deliver. 
All right, so we've got leading yourself, you've got managing your things, you've got learning how to be a leader of followers, you've become a leader of leaders, and then the last phase is becoming a mentor. And a mentor is someone that I, I picture this old sage setting up on a mountain. And to be honest, this is one of those things that I, I probably should speak uh, the least about because I don't feel like I'm in this position, but I understand the value of it. I have two individuals that I go to and I meet with on a monthly basis, and I consider them to be truly my mentors. The mentor is someone that is more of a consultant. So in the corporate world, it's somebody that comes in, helps you create a guide or a plan, a direction, but then steps back and says, go ahead, you got this. Go ahead down the path. You got this and you can implement, you can act. You know the steps that need to be taken. And then if we mess up, we go back and say, look, I tried this. It didn't work. So uh, what's your opinion? And that's what I've done multiple times with my mentors is I've gone back and I say, well, I understand what the plan was. I understand, but I got into the real life and the real life didn't work. So now what do I do? And they're always gracious and asking questions and looking back and saying, well, why don't you try it this way instead of that way? And they allow me to learn through some of those hard knocks. They allow me to learn through some of those experiences. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Someday, I, Lord willing, I hope to be in this position. But at this point, this is the, these are the things that you look at and the wisdom of someone that has been through the school of hard knocks, someone that has been down the path for extended amount of years is incredible. Mentors are key. You should be seeking, no matter who you are, you should be seeking a mentor to be able to speak into your life, to be able to give you some of that experience and wisdom. One of the things I noted, mentors tend to not give advice to not show up unless they're asked. And I read this in a book uh, by um, John Elridge, and he was talking about his own, his own sage or his own mentor. And he was talking about the fact that even as he was speaking with his grandfather and some of these other individuals, it's amazing to me how often that they just sit there, they're very quiet, they're very reserved, and a lot of their humility kind of comes out through this. But if we ask them a question, it triggers a thought, it triggers a, a, a reflective time, it triggers an experience or a situation that they've walked through that they can then share. And there's a wealth of wisdom that comes from these mentor relationships. So if you're, one, if you're in that category and you're listening to this and you're a little bit on in your ears, look for someone to mentor. There's such a value in being able to give back something that we need as those coming up. If you're in the stage of being a leader of leaders, look for a mentor to help you walk through that journey. And as you go through these phases, I want you to understand if anything else, if nothing else, maybe I should say it that way. If nothing else, I want you to understand that as you go through these, it's amazing how as we even get to this mentor stage, as I get to the leadership stage, there's more self-awareness that happens in my own life. And then I have to jump back and I have to continue to work on my, my leading myself, my personal development because I have more awareness around the things that I'm doing. But I have to start somewhere. So I start with my personal development. Then I step into my management. And sometimes then I step, well, not sometimes, a lot of times I step into the followers and then I step into the leader of leaders. And then I look at it and I'm saying, okay, I am teaching somebody to be able to be a leader of followers, but they're failing miserably. The first reaction that a lot of leaders of leaders have is that they want to come down and say, well, I guess this guy's just not suited for it. That may not be the case. What may be the case is that 
person, individual, male, female, whomever, may actually have the talent, may actually have the skill set to be a greater leader of followers. Because like I said, we're all born to be leaders of those followers. But yet if they're dealing with a personal issue, something that wasn't completed, something that wasn't developed, they could be failing at becoming a leader of followers. And as a leader of leaders, teaching somebody else how to do that, you often have to step back into, okay, did you take care of this list? Have you started developing yourself personally? Are you aware that you have this preconceived set of beliefs that's causing you to act in this way? It could be something that has to do with management. So again, keep in mind, as a coach, I'm walking alongside with people. And as I'm coaching these leaders, I want to make sure that they're developing themselves, that they're managing their time, which then has a direct impact on how they're leading their followers. So all of these things, again, they tie in so critically, and it's almost interwoven, but I wanted to at least give you a path, some way to be able to step forward to understand how do we continue to develop as a leader? How do we continue to develop leaders that are underneath of us? How do we pass that mantle of leadership? And this is the process. We have to help them become a better individual, personal development. We have to help them be able to learn how to manage their things. We have to help them become a, have a greater influences on their followers. And Lord willing, if they're continuing to grow in this, then they can eventually become that leader of leaders and then give back into the community and create a more powerful union, create a more powerful group of individuals that are going to go out and conquer the world. This is why I guess I get so excited about leadership, because as John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. And if I can reach out, talk to anybody by all means, I hope that, again, I'm going to close down here because I don't want to go too deep into the weeds on this, but this is the basic framework. Again, our goal as leaders is to meet their needs, not their wants. Our goal as leaders is to use our power, our influence, and our money for the benefit of others. Don't be a consumer, be a giver. Give back because that is the way and the path to truly great leadership. So until next time, man, if you've heard something, something made an impact, please reach out, timcroll.com. Love to be able to talk with you. Love to be able to share a little bit more of the ideas. If you have something that you would like to add or you want to go in deeper about self-leadership or about managing followers, leaders of leaders, or even mentorship, by all means, reach out because I would love to be able to talk with you. But until next time, we'll see you guys. Make it a great day. I wanted to say thanks again for joining into our conversation. You know, one of the things that I've seen across the board, whether you're a business leader, owner, entrepreneur, or even a leader, is the struggles that we go through and feeling like we're all alone. We've created a class, a workshop type class called MentorMind, where we meet for six months. In that six months, you were able to meet and talk with other people that are going through much of the same situation, same scenarios, same challenges, and it gives us a great way to be able to connect grow, support, and encourage each other. And if you've often felt like there's no one else that you can share with, let me invite you to MentorMind, where you can share some of the challenges, come up with solutions, and be able to live the best life that you have. We'll talk soon, guys.